Welcome to Home of the Brave. I'm in Tasmania, of all places. Tasmania is an island 200 miles south of Australia. It's part of Australia. And I'm near a town called Launceston. It's a very beautiful place. The countryside reminds me of Sonoma, California, actually. And there are vineyards here, just not anywhere near as many people. Very nice forests with eucalyptus trees, pine trees. I've seen some wallabies, and I'm told there are platypuses in the pond. If I'm lucky, I can see some. I'm here because I was invited to speak about podcasting at a music festival, the Panama Festival that's held out in the woods. About 1,200 people are coming. They're going to camp out and listen to different bands over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And then I'm flying to Stockholm, Sweden, where I'm going to talk about podcasting at a radio conference. So podcasting is just very popular all around the world now. And today on this show, I'm going to play a story that was originally broadcast on This American Life in 1996 as a way of paying tribute to that program, This American Life, and also Serial, because I think that the current craze in podcasting is due to Ira Glass and his crew. They built this huge audience. Everywhere I go, all around the world, people know those programs and they love them and they just want to talk about them. So I feel like I'm riding a wave that those guys created. So thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. This story started when Elise Spiegel, one of the first producers at This American Life, called me back 20 years ago, 1996, and said they were working on a show called Get Over It, about people trying to forget the past and move on. And she asked me if I would do some research about people who've had amnesia. Here's Ira Glass introducing this story. Who among us, wanting to get over it, has not wanted amnesia? But you know, one thing about amnesia, one frustrating thing, is that it seems to happen a lot more in television and movies and novels than it ever does in real life. I have here an article from Romantic Times magazine, April of 1996. They list here 40 different romance novels that are on the shelves now where amnesia is the plot line. But does it really happen? Have you ever met anybody <laughs> who it happens to? Well, we asked reporter Scott Carrier in Salt Lake City to find out if it does really happen. The idea was to find someone who had amnesia and ask them what it was like in real life. I was warned that it might be difficult to locate such a person, that the affliction may in reality be quite rare, but that there was at least one known amnesiac living in Tennessee and another in Pennsylvania. The particular cities and addresses could be found if necessary. Nonsense, I said. I'm surrounded by amnesiacs. This city breeds forgetfulness. There must be five or six amnesiacs in the neighborhood around my office alone. I accepted the offer, thinking it would be an easy assignment. I began by asking everybody I saw if they had or had ever had amnesia. I did this for three days, and I tried not to be selective but to ask everybody with whom I came into contact, whether my wife or the checker at the grocery store, do you have or have you ever had amnesia? 
and furthermore, I'd ask this each and every time I saw the person, sometimes two or three times a day. No one admitted to currently having amnesia, but at least one in four remembered being knocked hard on the head and losing memory from a concussion. This kind of amnesia lasts only a few minutes or a few hours, and concussion stories, I found out, are usually not worth listening to or worth telling. They usually go something like this. I was in a football game, and two guys fell on my head. I kept playing. I played the whole game and everything. But then after the game, I had to get a ride home because I didn't remember where I lived. I heard this story three times from the same person, and each time he told it to me in the same way, with some difficulty, as if something had been taken from him and he didn't know what it was. Two people admitted to suffering from drug-induced amnesia. One had a drinking problem, the other was myself, as due to the fact that when I was 19, I ate a big psilocybin mushroom right off the ground in the mountains of Colombia, South America, and spent four or five hours where I didn't know my name, where I was, or why. I was hallucinating wildly, the sky exploding, the ground bubbling up under my feet, the trees and bushes were throwing off little packets of flame and brightly colored orbs. I wandered around and around in a cow pasture, holding my hands over my eyes, delirious. And then a man in a jeep picked me up, and I thought he might be my father, and I thought I knew what he was saying, but I didn't know what language he was speaking. And we went to his house and watched a soccer game on television while his wife, who I thought might be my mother, served us coffee from a metal tray. And then I was back out on the road, and I walked up to a park and sat down and drew a picture of myself in a notebook. And below the picture, I wrote these words, I'm still here. If this gave me any insights into what amnesia is like, real amnesia, I don't remember what they are. In three days, the closest I came to finding someone with amnesia was through a young woman who's the daughter of a friend of mine. She's a physical therapist, and one of her patients had had her head smashed in a car accident. Her amnesia is kind of the opposite of what we normally think about. She can remember things in the distant past just fine, but she doesn't seem to be able to remember what just happened, or what she was just thinking, or just where it was she was going. So she can't, for instance, drive a car or even ride a bus. I asked my friend's daughter if I might be able to talk with this woman, and she said, Well, I guess so but you might have a better conversation with her dog. I came back to my office feeling a little down. Finding an amnesiac was proving to be more difficult than expected. I decided to seek professional help. I got up out of my chair and walked across the hallway and knocked on the door of Dr. Jeff Harris, psychologist. I think there was a guy that went through it when I was in Vietnam. He ended up in some serious action and ended up going from one APC to the next. And each one got blown up as he was getting in. Or I don't know exactly how he survived the whole thing, but the, we're talking about a platooner basically getting wiped out, he being one of the few survivors. And he couldn't remember. He couldn't remember his past. He couldn't remember where he was going. Yeah, that's the classical Freudian theory of repression. We don't remember things that make us feel guilty or feel pain. 
All right, let me ask you this. Say I have the ability to make you have amnesia. If I flip this switch, you won't remember your name, you won't remember who you are. What do you think? What do I think? Yeah, would you do it or not? <laughs> would you? <laughs> uh, I would want to do it because then I think that I would lose my ego. I would lose this, I would have a clean slate sort of thing. And it would, if all of a sudden you sat here and you can remember why you're holding this microphone or who I am or why you're talking to me, uh, to say it was disoriented would be, that would be too mild. I think if I would be smart enough to realize this is a gift. I mean, there's two choices. Either you realize that it's a, like a gift or you completely freak out, one or the other. You're talking as if, you know, you wake up in the morning, you don't know where you are, who you are, where in the hell you're going, and you're happy with it? Give me a goddamn break. That still seems attractive to me. It still seems like it might be a good thing to be, to be put in a situation where I have to admit that I'm completely lost. It seems like... Oh, I think you already are, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> After five days, having found no one who had or had had amnesia, I decided to visit a hypnotherapist, Diane Bradshaw, and ask her if she could give me amnesia. She said she probably could do it as long as I was willing to be put under hypnosis. She said some people just weren't willing. And if you're open to the possibility that, say, amnesia would be okay for five minutes or one minute, it might happen. Well, I, I'm up. I'm open to even a day. If that's would that be a bad idea? What do you really want here? Do you want to get that extreme? Well, let's say a few hours anyway. Do you think? What do you think? Because he he's going to have to hang out. You with know me. what I think? I, I think an hour. I think hour. if you had a half hour of amnesia, right. you would you would get it pretty quick. Okay. All right, an hour. Half hour. I think a half hour would probably right. be plenty of time. Now and then, I have to ask you, what do you want to forget? I mean, I can do anything from giving you a suggestion to forget your name, to forget where you live, to, you know, what do you want to forget? Is it possible to forget everything, my whole self-identity? <laughs> Is that Is too much? Well, I, well, I... She took notes on what I wanted to forget. Then she hypnotized me, which involved having me count backwards from a hundred and telling me to relax deeper and deeper and then having me imagine being in a big garden with a stream running through it. And she said if I drank from the stream, I'd forget my name and where I was and also the name of my friend who'd come with me. So I went and drank from the stream, and she woke me up. Five, open your eyes all the way back, emerging from hypnosis all the way back. Hi there. Hi. How you doing? Good. Feels pretty good, doesn't it? It was, it was pleasant. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. But I think yeah. I can remember. I'm what sorry. And what is it you can remember? What town do you live in? Salt Lake. Uh-huh. Sorry. And what have you been doing today? Um, working on this story. Uh-huh. And what's his name over here? Trent Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, I, I tried. I did. I tried.
The next day, I typed amnesia into a search engine on the World Wide Web and got a phone number for the Beckman Institute, a neuroscience center at the University of Illinois. I called up and talked to Rob Altoff, a graduate student, and he told me that the kind of amnesia I was looking for was indeed very rare, and that there's some disagreement over whether it even happens at all. He said people do suffer long-term memory loss from severe brain injuries, but that usually these people never recover their memories. That the brain doesn't regenerate, and he said that the other kind of amnesia, where there's no physical trauma, is often a matter of the person not wanting to remember, for one psychological reason or another, and that in these cases it's really difficult to know whether the person is basically just faking it. Talking to Altaf made me wonder if amnesia, the kind we see on TV and in the movies. Where a character gets hit on the head with a coconut, loses his self-identity, then spends the rest of the story rediscovering it, or getting bonked on the head by another coconut. Whether this is really just a story that we want to be true, that we somehow want to believe in it. The next thing I did was call Diane Bradshaw back and ask her if she knew anyone who could be easily hypnotized and wouldn't mind having amnesia. And she said yes. He's coming by this afternoon. If he came by around four, we could ask him. So I went back and met Doug, and Doug was not only willing to be hypnotized. He told me that he'd actually had amnesia ten years ago in Hawaii. I was on my way from、uh, Haleiwa, which is the north shore of Hawaii, and I was on my way into、uh, Waikiki, and there was a guy standing on the side of the road that had a towel wrapped around his head and had chicken blood, or I don't know what kind of blood, but it, I, he pulled over. He kind of waved me over, and I pulled over. My Volkswagen van and a bunch of guys came out of the cane field and they just they beat me. They beat me senseless. They broke almost every rib on the one side,、uh, punctured my lung with one of the ribs, punctured my lung,、uh, broke my jaw,、um, broke my nose, and、uh, robbed me. I was out, and they took me to the hospital, and I didn't regain consciousness for over twenty days. Twenty twenty one days was when I finally woke up. So, what was it like when you woke up?、Um, I was scared. I've never been that scared in my life. You know, I just didn't know what, how I got to where I was or who I was. And then, as soon as I started to feel comfortable, just even a little bit comfortable, then I kind of was excited about wanting. I mean, I wanted to know everything. I wanted to know what this was and. You know, just everything, because food was that was really wild. When they brought me ice cream, I was, whoo, boy, this is good. <laughs> like this, bring more of this. <laughs> so you couldn't remember food. You couldn't remember how words even. What kinds of things could you remember?、Um, I remember I talked kind of a baby talk kind of thing, where I was a broken,、um, making words. My mind would. Would think the word, but it wouldn't come down to my mouth, and I would kind of like it. Didn't take long for Diane to hypnotize him. He went down like a rock. 
In a moment, I'm going to say wide awake when I do, you will have no memory of who you are or where you are, gone completely. Wide awake. Open your eyes. Wide awake. <coughs> Hi there. <coughs> What's your name? Where are you? You don't know. Mm -hmm. Did you know when you came in here? I don't remember. You don't remember. Yeah. Ask him how it feels to not know who he is. Yeah. So, um, hi, what's your name? I don't know. What's it like not to know? It's black. It's black. Uh, how does that blackness make you feel? When you say black, what's the emotion? Puzzled. And it's like I'm waiting for the projector to start in a movie. Like it's not on yet. Watching Doug go through this, I couldn't decide whether it was real amnesia or whether it was just a performance of amnesia and that maybe there's no difference. Doug said that getting beat up and losing his memory did help him turn his life around. If that's what he needed, if that's what we all need at some level, then it's no wonder people pretend it's more common than it really is. Scott Carrier lives in Salt Lake City. I keep forgetting. I keep there at my. I keep forgetting. I just. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. I keep. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting I keep forgetting. What if? I keep forgetting. You've been listening to Searching for Amnesia, a story originally broadcast on This American Life in 1996, edited and produced by Lee Spiegel and Ira Glass. That poem, I Keep Forgetting, was by my friend Alex Caldero. I'd like to thank everyone who donated to this show over the past couple of weeks. Hundreds, maybe a thousand people, so many and I very much appreciate it. A lot of people bought t-shirts, and now we have Home of the Brave patches you can sew onto your backpack or hat. Not only that, with this patch, you can get into any Kid Rock concert for free or spend a night at the Friendly Man's Bed and Breakfast. If you buy two patches and put them on your earmuffs, you'll never get another speeding ticket. In other words, they're not just patches. You can see them on our website, homebrave.com, but please be careful with them. I'm not really sure what they're capable of at this point. Thanks for listening. Now I'm going to talk to a few hundred Tasmanian hipsters at this music festival in the woods.